0: Hey, now it's the Mike and JD show and I am Mike Gilbert and I'm joined as always by JD by God Oliva. How you doing JD? I'm
1: all right, man. It's Thursday night. It's 1015 here in Illinois. I'm exhausted. How about you, man? How's
0: how's the islands? It's it's 515 in uh, Hawaii standard time. Um, Dude, I had a two hour meeting today. Like uh, and I when I got back, I told my boss, he goes, how was the meeting? I go, it was it was two hours. He goes, oh, my God. I go, I was like, sir, w- we should really figure out a way, in the, at least in the military, but I'd like this to go all the way up to the president, that all meetings should be an hour or less. You don't have to have a two-hour meeting. You're not going to accomplish anything in a two-hour meeting. At that point, you're just letting people vent, right? Yes. It's like people are just waiting for their turn to talk because they have something to say, but they rarely add anything to the conversation. They just want to feel better about themselves to make sure that their own opinion left their stupid head.
1: People just want to be heard. And I hate yeah. them all. I had a We have these new teacher meetings that we have to go to once a month. And I hate them. We get paid for them extra. Yeah. But I hate them nonetheless. And last time we had the last yeah. one. And this one teacher, she starts passing out papers. Can you fill yeah. us out? And I'm like, whatever. I just want to get out of there. And she's fucking walking around making sure we're filling shit out. Like a teacher don't want to be like, what the fuck you looking at? I, I don't want to do this. Like. So I get it, and that was only twenty five minutes. So I couldn't imagine two hours.
0: Yeah, yeah, two hours, man. But hey, it's been it's been a uh, an eventful week, not only in the world of wrestling, but like politics, uh, football, uh, sports in general, news, television, everything. Uh, there's some stuff that we won't really get into, but I was just fascinated by just so many things that just happened this week. I, I like on Monday like Monday is when like the, our top story, which I'll get into in a minute. That, that's when that dropped. But the same day, like Tucker Carlson gets shit canned from Fox news. Don Lemon gets shit canned from CNN. Like now um, within an hour
1: of each other with, within wild. an
0: hour. And then later that day, Aaron Rodgers gets traded to the jets. And I'm just like, what in the world is going on? I'm expecting aliens to drop out of the sky. So, um, but that, you know, thankfully that, well, uh, not really thankfully. I kind of want to see that, see how that works out. But, uh, I think Earth deserves an alien invasion with all the bullshit that we're doing right now. <laughs> so, but, uh, man, our dude, our top story, uh, CM Punk shows up at Monday Night Raw backstage. So let's, let's, let's double back a little bit. This is going to go back to our podcast last week, okay? It actually starts with our podcast last week because this is pretty funny. We go on the air last week, and we state that a meeting happened between CM Punk, FTR, and Chris Jericho. We take... We record Thursday night, right? We thought that that actually had already happened. And I I had listened to all the podcasts during the week. For whatever reason, in my head, that meeting actually occurred, right? But as it turns out, it didn't occur until Friday. So as we were saying it, it wasn't true. But if you happen to listen to our show on Friday, then it became true. And we were the first ones to report it, if that makes sense. Did it happen on Friday? Like, I've heard so many, like, I heard so many, well, they didn't actually
1: meet, Punk was in there, or, like, I don't know, man, like, the, the, ch- the chain of command with the pro wrestling gossip links are so bad, who yeah. knows when it happens, supposedly but it
0: happened. Wade, though. I thought it came from Wade Keller, I could be wrong about that, so please don't cite me as a source, but I thought Wade had said that the meeting occurred between punk and Jericho on Friday. Um, and I'm assuming that happened in Florida because punk was in Florida, in Florida and, and he gets on a plane back to Chicago where Monday night raw is at. And he's on the plane with the WWE wrestlers because they all live in Florida. Florida is like pro wrestler heaven. So he's, okay. he's mingling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. T- uh yeah, I mean the leadership there is bonkers, but man, no tax sounds pretty damn appealing, especially c- coming from a guy that currently lives in Hawaii and used to live in California. Moving to Florida sounds pretty damn good. But anyway, um, <laughs> um so he gets on a plane to Chicago and he's on the plane with all the WWE wrestlers and they're mingling, hanging out, and then next thing you know, he's showing up at Raw talking with the Miz, talking with all kinds of people. He ends up talking with Triple H. And then all of a sudden, he gets his ass uh, escorted out of the building by security, man. Um, so what was your initial reaction to hearing that Punk was at Raw this week? Uh, you know, What what did you think about that initially?
1: That's wild. Like, yeah. I just thought that is the craziest thing ever. And then, like, all the conspiracy bot, bots come out. <clears throat> and then it's like, well, why is he there? What's he trying to prove? What is his end game? Like, this is a guy who is a jerk who punched somebody. And people in our space talk about him like he's a goddamn serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> he murdered twenty-seven people and has the like yeah. he's John Wayne Gacy from my yeah. Illinois. Well, that's our serial killer from, from Chicago. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's our guy. My parent, my mom actually grew up in the same neighborhood as him.
0: No shit. Did you, so, did your mom actually meet him? Uh, probably he
1: was older than my mom, but he knew my aunts and uncles and stuff like that because he, they all played together. My grandpa owned the bakery in the neighborhood and my uncle, my uncle Marvel, said he was a dick who was the kind of kid who would cry and, uh, took his ball when, when he went home. My mom actually did know the final victim. He was the, the bagger at the grocery store that my parents went to. So the last John Wayne Gacy victim was a kid they knew peripherally. Like, oh yeah, as a kid from the (laughs) store.
0: Stuff. Yeah, because yeah. Gacy came over from I think Milwaukee and started a construction mm. business, and he was pretty successful there in uh, the Chicago suburbs, right? Was. Yeah.
1: Yeah, his sister, his sister and my aunt were like best friends, and she had to change her name because, like, and they had to, they actually wanted to move to Florida because life was just so wow. bad because people would just not let go of the fact that her brother was um, our most famous serial killer.
0: yeah yeah yeah. i would uh i definitely would change uh change my name but if my last name were brooks and i'm related to cm punk because he punched somebody i'm not changing my name sorry brooks is
1: common (laughs) if your last name was punk you'd have other things actually be pretty cool if your last name was actually punk
0: it'd be like terry funk
1: terry punk so like i was saying um i don't know man people like dig so much into what does all this mean and we have it's not weird. That's that being on the outward. I, I consider us on like the outskirts of the pro wrestling space. Like we're mm-hmm. not really insiders, but we know insiders. Yeah. Right. And we hear from some of our inside friends like that. He goes there to make amends because he's this, our friend. Our nah, you know, our friend will just say that. Yeah. Is trying to tell us that he's trying to get better. Right. And I'm the op- I'm, And I told you guys in our chat, I am the eternal optimist. I work with kids. I have to believe that people are willing to get better. I have to. It keeps me going every day. Yeah. So I don't know, man. What do you think about this whole thing?
0: Um. So my my initial reaction was, um, this was a legendary power move by an ultimate chess player uh, because it still could be, on- by the way. Yeah. Cause he didn't. So in this whole situation with Tony Khan, he didn't have any leverage because Tony Khan never believed that he would go back to WWE and that they wouldn't accept him back. And I think this was punk's way of kind of extending an olive branch just in case this uh, new project, like he's returning to AEW. I think that's guaranteed at this point, but just in case this whole thing goes South again, he's already starting to grease the wheels of WWE because he has the wrestling bug. So I thought this was his way of telling Tony Khan that, hey, look, I am willing to go to WWE, and I still do have friends there. And WWE, they took back the Ultimate Warrior. They took back Hulk Hogan. They took back Bruno San Martino. They took back uh, Bret Hart. They brought back Marty Jannetty 17 times. And Marty Jimmy Jannetty was... A- killed J- the one. Jimmy Snuka killed a lady, and McMahon paid them off. I don't think it's that far-fetched to think that CM Punk might possibly go back. He's by far the, like he's not even close to being the worst person that's ever worked there. Right. He's a miserable prick. He's a miserable prick, but they, I think they feel like they could probably make it work. So I, I think that it was always like CM Punk wouldn't be willing to go back. Now we, we do have a friend that says that WWE wouldn't take them back, but I think history has shown us that that just isn't the case. They always take you back. They have taken everybody back.
1: Everybody. Um, So,
0: yeah, but after I heard that, you know, CM Punk, maybe he was trying to make amends, and and here's here's my thing on that. Like when you're, and I'm a guy who's worked the twelve step program, mm-hmm. and I had to make amends with a lot of people because I hurt a lot of people. Um, what you don't do is do that in a, in front of a big crowd where everybody's seeing it, so that way people find out about it. You call them on the phone, you text them, you meet them in a park or a coffee shop, and then you kind of talk about what happened. And what you do in that situation is is that you go over them and you apologize for the things that you did wrong to them, um, regardless if they did anything wrong too. You don't even bring that up. You just bring up your your side of the story and you clean up your side of the street and and you try to make them whole with that. Um, that's been my experience with that. Now, if somebody told him, like, Hey, why don't you just go backstage where a lot of people are talking to try to make amends to triple H? I think that would have been bad advice. The better advice would have been, Hey, why don't you contact so-and-so who likely has triple H's phone number? Why don't you shoot him a text and say, Hey man, um, I'm in town. Maybe we can get a cup of coffee, right? (laughs) Or something, something like that. I don't know if that's even possible, but that would be, that would be the better advice.
1: I hear where you're coming from, but we're also assuming we're discussing normal people here. That, that's right? true. We are talking about <laughs> professional wrestlers who yeah. don't know how to exist when they're not in front of people. Right? And I yeah. think that when you're seeing – like, let's be honest. Do you really think Paul Levesque is taking CM Punk's phone call if he just ran – saying they have phone numbers? Like, I don't right. know. Maybe maybe I've all we always tell people that like, you know, the best way to make amends is just to go up and talk to somebody. And he really just went up and talked to him. And it might yeah. not, it might've been a lot of things. It might've just been like, Hey, cause it's apparently he didn't know they were in town. He was just on a flight with these guys. Right. right. Which is possible. Cause like his life was taking him in different directions. And like I said, everyone flies up from Florida, you know? So, yeah. uh, it's interesting. Like I said, I, I, I choose to think the best of people. I hope that he is trying to get better. Cause like, Quite frankly, pro wrestling is a better place with him, and and this dude is amazing about is amazing at keeping himself in the news.
0: Amazing. Oh, he, I thought we were done talking about him. Um, we'll never be and, done
1: talking about CM Punk ever. Yeah,
0: I mean, I I assumed we'd talk about him a little bit because I thought that last night. So we originally heard that May seventeenth was going to be the the night of the announcement for the AEW Collision show that's going to be happening at the United Center on June seventeenth. So I, I thought that we were going to get that announcement on May 17th that we'd heard that a couple weeks ago in our, in our group chat, right? We did. But whenever Tony Khan had a, another major announcement, whatever he called it for last night, um, special announcement, or we'll hear something from Tony Khan, whatever. Um, I thought they they were going to do the AEW collision announcement last night, but they announced the Owen Hart tourney and that's all well and good. I'm excited for that tournament. It should be a fun thing. Um, but you know, Collision still hasn't been announced, although it like it's the worst kept secret in pro wrestling. It, it is happening. And apparently that's going to be CM Punk's show. Now, I don't know if, if CM Punk is going to be writing the show, if he's going to be booking or if he's going to be doing whatever, but very much like he's going to be kind of in charge of that show. At least that's what we're hearing from not only our friends, but it's been, you know, parroted by several podcasters out there.
1: Well, you just jumped right into it. And um, yes. I was trying to think of how we were going to tap dance around that, but Mike just ripped the bandaid right off. Um, rumor has it that it's the punk show, right? It's yeah. The show's not even official yet. Rumor is it's the punk show. And he'll have, again, whether he's booking, or whether he's just uh, the guy, right? And again, Hogan was the guy in like mid-80s WWE, even though he was never the booker, so to say. Right. You know who was? Tito Santana for a brief time. Did you know that?
0: Yeah, so it was George Scott for a while. Then for I while, Tito
1: had some. Then yeah. Tito Tito had the book for a bit. And then it went to mm-hmm. uh, Patterson, which is interesting. Tito. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. Um, hold on to that one. So um, <clears throat> apparently he'll drive one show. And perhaps as a local troll, Rovert has, has insinuated that... Uh, Ro- uh, the- Rovert,
0: is that that... Is that that Trevor guy that uh, lives in Ireland?
1: I think is that I think His name is Trevor. Yeah. He's like okay, a craic. I heard he lives
0: in Yeah, I heard he lives in a wood house. Go ahead, sorry, go
1: ahead. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Um yes, so that guy has has insinuated that the uh, young bucks are the creative forces on dynamite, which Yeah. You know. I don't okay. Buy it. I don't know if I buy it either. But for the sake yeah. of the argument, I'm going to play along because yeah. <laughs> it's more okay. fun if we play. It's more fun if we play tennis. Right. 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 And because, um, right. again, that that feeds the narrative that these two hate each other and they can't be each other, So they're going to be the uh, booking impresarios, for lack of a better term, for yeah. the two programs, which, quite frankly, I don't hate the idea of on on. On the surface level, because I think if you're going to have two two-hour-A shows, they have to be different. I think that's the mistake WWE made way too often over the years, is Raw? there's no difference between Raw and SmackDown. It's the same
0: show. Well, it's being booked by the same guy,
1: right? Exactly. Exactly. It's yeah. the same they, show. They have, there's no yeah difference.
0: So in, in the past, um, I liked what they have done with Raw and SmackDown because... They, you know, for when SmackDown was at its peak for me, as far as my enjoyment was the early days when Paul Smackdown Heyman six. was booking it, the SmackDown six. And then I think, I think Vince and Bruce Pritchard had raw and then SmackDown was Paul Heyman and his crew. Right. And then, um, they were overseeing the, um, I, I think Vince was kind of overseeing everything, but there was, it was Paul basically having his ideas on, on SmackDown. I, I, I like the idea
1: just got a message from a friend of mine who works in okay. WWE so you continue that for just a second cuz i want i'm getting a scoop
0: oh okay well jd's getting a Five. scoop uh, ho- hold on hold on to the scoop because i want to hit the button but i want to finish this conversation well i'm first. not
1: going to it might take a while I might not get the scoop okay. immediately but you know oh, i'm trying okay. To, oh
0: okay oh yeah, okay i'm I, playing I for
1: that. i'm i'm digging digging
0: for yeah the scoop. So, Ro- Robert is speculating that the Bucks have been since March booking AEW Dynamite. I don't know that that's true. He is not—he's not a journalist, so he can just say stuff and be wrong, and there's no repercussions because no one takes him serious anyway. But there's been times when he said stuff and it ends up being true. So I don't know what to believe with that guy. But let's just say for the sake of argument, it's true that you got the Bucks on Dynamite booking Dynamite, and then you got. You know, CM Punk FTR, those guys kind of running the deal on on Saturday nights with collision. I think I like that idea because they th- those entities have very different philosophies. Yeah. Um, like on Wednesday night, it's the Shawn Michaels crew and Saturday night, it's the Bret Hart crew, right? It's like Isn't more that weird? More, m- more modern stuff on Wednesday and lucha influence type stuff on Wednesday. But then when you get to when you get to Saturday, you're gonna get Stampede, you're gonna get Mid South, um, and maybe even a little bit of ECW—that that type of stuff. Um, because I think they're they're influenced by all that stuff. Um, so I, I I find that to be a very interesting thing. And just looking at it on the surface, you know, if you're telling me Shawn Michaels or Bret Hart, I'm gonna go Team Bret Hart every day. The problem is AEW Collision airs on Saturday, so I'm not likely to watch till Monday morning, but. Well, let's
1: say this were on a streaming service of some sort where one could access this footage Ooh. anytime, any time. Then it yeah. wouldn't be a problem when you watched it. Hmm, ratings would be insignificant in a sense, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No? Hopefully they maximize their their revenue by getting we on a streaming service. We are the worst. Um <laughs> the worst. So yeah. anyway, uh,
1: I like this idea in theory. We've discussed it with friends of ours who who have concerns, which is, you know, I get it. Um yeah. from a pure I have a firm believer that if these show, I think the big problem with Rampage is one, what the hell is Rampage? Now it's a useless show and it's a dead brand. So now Rampage yeah. is not people like, oh, they have five hours of TV now. I'm Like they don't care about that third hour. They haven't cared about that third hour in <laughs> over a year and a half. Who, you shouldn't no. care about that either. The company often tells you don't watch the show. So I listen right. to them. Save yourself an hour every week. Yeah, Like, I, so if you're going to have two different shows, they have to feel different. And that's been the mistake that I think Vince made over the years. Is like, And again, when, when when they brought back the brand split in 2016, I thought SmackDown was the better of the shows, right? It was the, the Dean Ambrose show, and the AJ Styles show, when those mm-hmm. things first splintered off again. It was fun until they watered it down again, right? They just, they can't help themselves. So again, we, we tend to fall into history repeating itself and assume that, you know, the second ratings tick on one, you're just going to go back and repeat the other. But it's long like it doesn't seem like there's going to be a hard brand splits. It's just going to be the main guys will be here and here on those shows, and there'll be some intermediate, some mixing between. Which again, I'm fine with, as long as they feel different, right? Yeah. Which I think I'm okay with, and I'm 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 more than ok with that. I, I I like this idea in theory, but um, I think that they're going to need. I think Tony Khan's going to need some help kind of keeping all this together because like it's a lot, right? And I think that he's a busy dude and he probably needs someone to kind of help help him keep this stuff straight. Like uh yeah. Like a guiding hand if you will because I think that he just doesn't he just doesn't have the time to kind of oversee all of this on his own.
0: Yeah, you know, you can't you can't create more hours in the day and the guy's got 17 jobs including like the Jacksonville Jaguars Made a big trade tonight in the NFL draft. So, like they're 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 movers and shakers. Um, you know, before we get to the next topic, um, I my question is so about punk specifically. Okay, let's let's not even talk about the Young Bucks today because I I think they, they you know their track record speaks for itself. You know, punk doesn't really have like a history of of booking and writing television, right? I know he's probably had a big hand in all of his own programs but i have not seen any evidence that he's capable of doing that for other people now he might be have been doing that for a long time i just have never seen or heard it that it could be so you know what what makes what about him makes us think that he could actually book a wrestling show that people like and b does he have the maturity level and the power uh, and the um the leadership skills to handle that kind of responsibility of essentially guiding and managing the creative of talent
1: this is where the Mike and JD thing works for real because we got one guy whose your expertise in life is, you know, leadership and and helping people manifest leadership and mine really is focusing on on creativity and what, you know, and, and you know motivating creative types. Um so I'm very excited about doing this here. If we are to assume that CM Punk played an active role throughout his career, the one thing you can say about him from ring of honor on is that he's done stuff that is memorable mm-hmm. from the summer of the original summer of punk ankle in ring of honor, which again was booked by Gabe Sapolsky, but I'm, I'm of the mind that punk had a firm hand in helping shape that. Right. All the way up to, I'll be honest with you, 2021 into early 2022 was some of my favorite professional wrestling years. And a lot of that was because of what CM Punk was doing, like, the CM Punk MJF storyline, and before that, the CM Punk Eddie Kingston storyline were absolutely mm-hmm. fascinating television. I absolutely love the punk MJF feud. And unfortunately, it got derailed because of the real life bullshit. Right? Yeah. But the reality is what happened on TV was really good writing, really good storytelling. You and I had a conversation uh via text message earlier today. And you sent me do you remember what you sent me?
0: Oh, I sent you a lot today. <laughs> you
1: did, but the one—the one that got me going, because you got me all inspired today, and I was like, "You sent me an old video. Do you remember what it was?"
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Lance Storm quote t- tweeted. So um, I'm pulling it up on my phone right now. So the Public Please. Enemies podcast. So it was a video of JBL and Eddie Guerrero's feud back in the day, uh, which I loved their matches. By the way, I thought their matches were matches fantastic. Were good. Yeah. Um, and J JBL. Uh, in an effort to get under Eddie Guerrero's skin, went to South Texas at the border and found some illegal immigrants coming across the border and kicked them out of the country. Uh, in an effort to get heat, um, and Public Enemies podcast said, how WWE didn't get sued after the segment was beyond me. And then Lance Storm said, "You're welcome to think it's bad television." I think we can all agree that was pretty pretty bad TV, but it's a TV show. You know, Dexter was a babyface serial killer, right? And that was that was that was his tweet. And then I sent that to you for your thoughts. You did, and, and it really got me going. Like, because it got me thinking about this whole
1: thing. Because we were talking about this before about how um, wrestling characters are held to, and this is your words, not mine. So, if I'm paraphrasing yeah. you, if I'm taking it out, please correct. Wrestling television and characters are held to a higher degree of um, sanctity than other forms of fictional entertainment. Is that something that, close to what you said?
0: Yes, yes. Because you can't, you can't have like a racist character in wrestling. You can't, you can't have that stuff. Not anymore. Like you, no, you can't in, like say like, and, and I, I'm not I'm not advocating that we should have these things. Right. But pro wrestling is very much scripted written television with fictional characters playing part on TV. Right. But only in wrestling can you not have like, you know, serial killers, murderers, rapists, racists, gang members, You know terrorists uh, you can't you can't have those characters in pro wrestling It just doesn't work despite the fact that it's written scripted entertainment Um, And I I'm like my question isn't should they or shouldn't they be allowed to do that my question is Why what why is it that people hold pro wrestling characters Pro wrestling is the lowest form of scripted entertainment It gets the least amount of respect from advertiser from tv execs from all that But the, but his characters are held to a higher standard. And I just find that to be fascinating.
1: I think you're right. And this, you you asked me this when I was driving home from my chiropractor today and I live in 90 minutes from my chiropractor. So I had some time to think about this. Yeah. It's this guy (laughs) I've had the same guy for 20 years and I've moved West and he's moved East. I got a bad neck. So I want to see the same guy anyway. So I'm thinking about this the whole way home and I got really, I got really going on this and it got to the point where when I was getting into uh, being an independent author, one of the most important lessons they told you is you have to understand the genre you're writing in and you have to understand the expectations of the reader. And if you don't live up to their expectations You're going to get a bad review, which is, again, in in this business is like that you don't want bad reviews. So it causes a lot of people to really stay in these specific parameters. And I always said that's such bullshit. I hate that. It's like you have to write A, you have to write B. You can't color outside the lines or people freak out about it. As a guy who's colored outside the lines, I've seen that people don't react well sometimes. And I think that, like you said, pro wrestling is the lcd it is the lowest common denominator and i think part of it too is the fan base has this i think a lot of us are still kind of embarrassed that we watch pro wrestling right like Mm. we know it's stupid and then when they do something stupid a lot of people who don't like go look see you guys are trash and then we get like a lot of people get super defensive about it Right. Because we don't want to believe that we like trash, even though we all secretly are embarrassed by the fact that we kind of like trash. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, so it creates this overreaction, but at the same time, they feed us trash. Right. They don't, they don't, they always pick, especially WW, but they're not the only ones guilty. This like this is pro wrestling in general. They always pick the low hanging fruit. And the reason, okay, I was thinking about this. The reason why is because pro wrestling, it's like kabuki theater, it's this very big, performance, right? It's a performance art that's very, that's, that's not subtle, right? You have to play to the cheap seats and you can't, you can't be subtle when you're doing that. You can't have Dexter, right? You can't have this super nuanced character that has these layers because that's just not what people go to pro wrestling and expect, Now it's weird because new Japan exists in this world where everybody kind of is in the gray. Like there's not true faces. There's not true heels. Anybody can, can fight anybody. And everybody kind of exists on that same level of gray. Some people are more toward the black. Some people push more toward the white, but everybody's kind of in the same spot Whereas traditional American wrestling. We're very much. These are the good guys. These are the bad guys, Mm -hmm. but it's also limiting. And like, it's, it's really hard to create subtle characters, it's difficult to the point where i don't i i can only think of a handful of times that it's been done effectively and when you can't play those subtle lines where you can't you can't have your because one these guys aren't actors right they're wrestlers they want to wrestle the ones that are good at acting kind of wind up making their way into acting <clears> right yeah, yeah. so The WWE has, for decades, tried to figure out how to do this. So what do they do is they give these guys these soliloquies to perform. And nine times out of ten, they're bad. They're bad. They're not good. It's not what people are trying to do. And AEW has been doing it lately, too. So you get this clusterfuck four pillars storyline, which, boy, have they just bastardized that term. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's, it's it's just not what pro wrestling is. It doesn't work. And you can't. You can't hold the character, you cannot hold those characters to that same thing. But when you try and when you try, like the, the J, what do we remember about JBL and Eddie Guerrero? We remember that match that he had where he was bleeding oh, all over the beautiful place. Beautiful match. Yeah. That's what pro wrestling is. Nobody, I completely forgot about that dumbass thing with JBL and, you know, the illegal aliens. It's, it's stupid. It's absolutely stupid. It's sophomoric. It's base. It's very, the base. It's the, It's the worst thing you could possibly see. But we don't remember that. We remember the match, right? WWE for decades has been so into trying to create these things that get people talking. Ooh, controversy. Ooh, let's get controversial. But that's not, that's not what connects to people. It's always, always that personal emotion. of I don't like you, you don't like me. And that's what I really liked about CM Punk. Mm -hmm. His AWR in particular, him and MJF were creating subtle characters. Punk leaned in and again from the time he came back a big part of his story is i'm a big dick and a lot of people don't like me it was what the entire eddie kingston feud was about it was about what large parts of the mjf feud were about and then mjf was the same way and you started building sympathy for the mjf character right Remember that whole thing he did with the picture of him and Punk when they were kids, when, when MJF yeah. was a kid? This was one of the most fascinating promos they've ever done because both of these guys are really good at it. You really started getting into like actual human emotion, and people didn't know how to react. A lot of people like, well, Punk's clearly going to turn heel. MJF's clearly going to turn babyface because like we don't know how to handle subtlety in pro wrestling because it's so rarely done right. They did it right there. And they wound up having this great that whole be my Valentine thing where Punk came out to you know the um the the uh AFI song that I loved and I was told I was a a nerd who should stay masturbating in his basement (laughs) because I thought that was great. I'm a piece of shit, never forget that. Uh we don't get that very often. It wasn't melodrama, so that's why I'm hopeful that Punk could. That's a long way for me to come back to this, but I think (laughs) that but I think that punk. In the little bits of stuff that he's done can pull off some interesting character moments. Now, that's Mm -hmm. what I see as a strength of him from a creative side, potentially. I'm not saying yes or no. I'm saying what I've seen and kind of like, because again, you gave me this whole thing and my brain just kind of exploded on the ride home. Now, you have concerns that from your background, you know, um, helping shape young leaders that maybe this wouldn't work so well.
0: Yeah, well, so I, I think we've seen that he lacks something that very important that you would need if you're going to be running a show. It would be leadership skills and management skills and managing the expectations of talent, getting the talent to buy into your ideas, listening to their ideas, and having the wherewithal and the, the, um, the ability to be able to tweak it and then communicate that effectively. Effective communication is, uh, is a top component of, of effective leadership, right? um now people will think oh well tony is tony khan's the actual leader there it's not cm punk well that's not true there are different levels of leadership if cm punk is say the booker or just the main guy on a on collision he's going to have two types of leadership right he's going to have position power and he's going to have personal power position power meaning like hey in his position he's running the creative the ideas all flow through him He's gonna be saying yes and no. He's gonna be tweaking. He's gonna be saying, Hey, I want this person to to beat this person. I want this person to lose here. And then we're gonna end up and culminating the feuds here and there. That takes a that takes leadership skills, right? He's gonna to have to be able to communicate that stuff down. Right, And that's his position power. He also has personal power. And we've already seen him fail with his personal power already. Because personal power is one's charisma. It's one's name, who you are, the the way that they see you. Like He has power over people just by virtue of who he is, the fact that he's so famous, that a lot of these kids grew up listening to watching this guy wrestle. A lot of these people wanted to be CM Punk whenever they got older. He has a power over them right and and he has already kind of abused that power with what happened with the bucks and omega and, and hangman Ed and page now those guys were completely innocent but he could have absolutely handled those situations very differently so we're already seeing that he has had some trouble in that area now the man with the, the most power is tony khan he has what's called legitimate power right he's ultimately in charge meaning cm punk very likely can't fire anybody um uh, for instance, he can't fire Colt Cabana, who still currently works there, right? He, but he could try. He Does might be he? able to. He, he, I, he, he, people, Does he well, work people there? Thought, yeah, well, I, I've never seen him, but I get the feeling he's still collecting a paycheck. But, but, but CM Punk, contrary to popular belief, can't fire people, right? He can make suggestions that somebody should be fired, but he doesn't have legitimate power. Tony Khan's the only person in the company that has legitimate power. CM Punk has position power if he becomes the booker and currently he already has personal power in that company and we've seen the personal power already uh, fall by the wayside. So I have I have questions there. I honestly hope that a his ideas for himself are just as good as the ideas that he creates for other people. Right. Or I said that backwards. I hope that he has good, I just as good ideas for other people as he does for himself. Right. And that's going to be a very difficult thing because a lot of people can write for for a character that they relate to. But it's hard for them to care, write for characters for other people. That takes a different skill set. So I'm, I'm just curious. I'm just curious to see if he's able to do that. And then and then B, I'm just curious to see if he's going to be able to handle the leadership responsibilities that's going to come with being the top guy on that show.
1: So one thing I think that, I, I I don't think you're wrong about any of that. And I think that's that's gonna be the true test. And I think that's why um, if this is to come to fruition, his um, staff is gonna be really important. Right. Yeah. The people yeah. he surround the people he is surrounded with. And like Tony Khan's gonna have to like be the boss of boss. Cause like I was thinking about this. I see this the phrase inmates running the asylum. And like, that's a really bad thing. We attribute it to WCW. And there's this idea that, you know, it oh, can't let the inmates run the asylum. It's this idea that creative people are crazy and irresponsible and by nature destructive. And I think it's just the dumbest thing in the world, because through the vast majority of professional wrestling's history, the Booker has been a talent on the show. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Dusty Rhodes booked. Crockett and it wasn't his fault they went out of business. Like Jim Crock- it wasn't Dusty Rose's fault that Jim Crockett couldn't talk to his accountant, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what broke him. Yeah. You could blame Dusty's yeah. booking, but all Jim Crockett had to do is be like, Hey man, this isn't working. Stop.
0: And or like, we're spending way too much money, Dusty. Yeah. Your ideas are bankrupting us. Yeah, how about <laughs> no? How about yeah, no?
1: That's what I'm saying. That's not on Dusty. Like, Dusty's <laughs> job was to create a TV. So I mean he yeah. just hey, they broke the company, but I mean, like, it really wasn't that. Bill Watts, who booked WCW actually, ran Mid-South. But like my favorite era of Mid-South TV was booked by Bill Dundee, right? Mm-hmm. And he was in the company. He was like low-key at the time, but he was in the company. And Jerry Jarrett, Jerry Jarrett had this thought that, that a Booker's is only good for about six months – or for about two years, excuse me. booker is good for about two years and then he needs a break. Um, As a guy who's done a lot of creative endeavors – you kind of expunge what you got and you're kind of tired and need to recharge. So that's yeah. why in Memphis, him and Jerry Lawler and Dundee would switch every six months. So, mm-hmm. I mean, this has, this has happened. Like I said before, Tito Santana was booking WWF in 1986 while he was the intercontinental champion. Like it can be done. So, I mean, like, I think the idea of the inmates running the asylum is something that that people in power put on those beneath them. It's a phrase that like, Mm. oh, you know, we can't let the people underneath us have any power. We have to make sure we justify our position. So, I mean, like, (laughs) I I hate I hate hearing those kind of things because it says that people who have power are stupid or people people who have creativity are stupid. Well, like you go into any movie set, the most creative guy in the set is the director. He's the guy running the show. Yeah. So I mean, like I think I think it can work. Now that being said, is you have to have a like you. I don't want to get in trouble, but I'm going to get in trouble. You have to have a Bill Watts standing over you, sitik, that will say no,
0: stop. Yes, yeah, right. And can Tony Khan be the Bill Watts? I don't right? know. That's the question. Yeah, that's the question. Tony Khan kind of has a history of hiring, you know, those guys, all their friends, and you know what I mean. And and it's like. I, I, I do worry about that. I do worry about the AEW product getting uh getting a bit um, diluted. You know what I mean with the, with the two products. But I'm hoping for the best. Um, I think we've uh, I think we've gone a long gone a long time on the CM Punk topic. Uh, yeah, I want to get to the next topic. Um, so there is another lawsuit out against WWE. One of their former writers uh, filed a lawsuit against WWE, alleging that other writers were making racist pitches in the writer's room. Um, and then ultimately she ended up being fired over stealing a WrestleMania chair of which she was one of many people who took one of those chairs. I'm not saying they stole, but that's what she ended up being fired over. One of, one of the pitches, (laughs) look, I'm I'm laughing because it's absurd. Okay. I'm not laughing because I, I think this was a good idea, but (laughs) it was that, um, and, and I don't think this was a serious pitch, right? I listened to, to Meltzer this morning, and he actually read more into it. He said this specific one sounded like this guy was just being a dick and not making an actual serious pitch for a television angle. But the, one of the ones that's being alleged in the um, in the lawsuit was that one of the writers suggested that Mansoor was behind the 9-11 attacks. Mansoor, who would have been five years old, during nine 11 was behind the, the nine 11 attacks. So um, cra- crazy lawsuit. You know, somebody suggested to me that this might be what sinks a uh, Vince. This ain't even going to make the light of day. We're going to forget about this in a couple of days, but I, uh, this is the least surprising shit I've ever heard.
1: Oh, it, what did we just talk about? Wrestling plays to the lowest <laughs> common denominator. Here you go. Yeah, Like this is just, this is, it's easy. And like, you got to have other voices in the room. Right. And this yeah. is why I don't this is why I don't like the way they do things over there, because a big part of it was the way they were scripting Bianca Belair. Yeah. Right. And a black woman. said so they saying, this isn't very good dialogue here. And a bunch of white people are saying, shut up, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. Shut up. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we're going to make Apollo Cruz a Nigerian with giant spear.
0: Yeah. It's like, hey, we just watched Black Panther. Let's do this. Right.
1: And we're going to make him we're going to make him talk with an accent like. Yeah. This is why I just like roll my eyes and people like defend this company for any any reason whatsoever. And
0: it and, and it's you know it's a bunch of writers just throwing shit against the wall, we're coming up with all these mm-hmm. crazy ideas, right? And I'm not gonna sit here and say that those guys are just like these horrible racist people because I don't know these guys, but those ideas were bad. Um, yeah. But it and that and that's what happens when you get white guys trying to write for for people of other nationalities and gender. They need more representation on their writing staff or they need people to say, Hey, you know, cause, cause, Hey, you know what? Maybe this might be a little bit racist, right? Like, and then the, the, the person throwing out that idea is like, Oh shit, my bad. I didn't even, I didn't even think of that. Right. I'm just trying sometime- to come up with an idea. You know, I'm just trying to come mm-hmm. up with an idea here, right? Like say if you're writing a TV show and you're writing it about a drug cartel, chances are the leader of the drug cartel is going to be a Mexican person right and a, and if a white person is writing that you need to make sure that you got somebody there saying hey guy don't go too crazy on this stuff you know pull pull back a little bit right so it, it's it's w- one of those weird things but that's why having representation matters and then also being a mature adult and when someone calls you out on it say oh you know what you know i didn't even see it that way can you explain it to me so that way i understand better and and that way they can learn from it, but instead it just sounds like these guys are being dicks about it.
1: Yeah, I, I, some here's the thing about sometimes you know those, a lot of times and there's a reason why writers rooms people cycle in and out of them constantly is because it's a grueling thing and it's it can be personal and like you know um, I I would much rather work on my own than work with a bunch of people. So I would yeah. not, I would not function in that environment. But I had this crazy take on this whole mm-hmm. thing. Why don't you just let people speak for themselves? Then go. that doesn't happen. But no, we let have to. Let Bianca we pitch have, ideas. Let let her speak. Let just give her yeah. bullet points and say this is how you're feeling. Go, because she wouldn't yeah. say anything that could be construed as racist, because they're her words, right? Yeah. So, and I talent- think that's and that's. Part of the problem is you take the agency, you know, it's like part of the problem is you take the agency away from the talent and they just become Mm -hmm. mindless drones. And I like you do this. Okay, I do this. Like, and this is why. And again, the downside of that is you have this four pillar storyline where none of these guys can speak and shouldn't shouldn't be asked to do what they're being asked to do. Right. Yeah. And you don't. There (laughs) has to be a middle ground between writing out your dialogue and, you know, sink or swim. Right, there's got to be a middle ground.
0: The collaboration should be between the talent and the writing crew and the booker, right? Paul, Paul Levesque, right? So the talent should be able to pitch ideas back and forth, right? And be able to speak for themselves. That's the way that it used to be when wrestling was at its peak, or at least WWE was at their peak. Um, but instead, you got a, a bunch of these guys just sitting in Stanford in a writing room pitching all these ideas, um, and and this, that's, this is what happens when you let these idiots do yeah. this stuff, you know what I mean? You, you get these off the wall, harebrained ideas and bad pitches, um, that can be construed as racist, uh, whether they knowingly were being racist or not, that's up uh, for debate. And I don't know who these people are, so I'm not going to say say anything about them, but, um, that's the shit that happens when you don't let the talent speak for themselves, talent come up mm-hmm. with their own ideas. And when you don't have enough representation on your creative staff, um, yeah. that's, yeah, so, um but again, I I this isn't going to sink WWE. I don't think it's going to go that far and um it was not the craziest thing I've ever heard about WWE. So, Vince McMahon
1: paid off women he raped and Endeavor yes. was like, "Oh, okay. And moved I'll on."
0: Business. I'll do business with that guy.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean like not, they'll they'll, you know what they're going to do? They're going to write a check cuz this is not something that makes them look good. Jerry McDivitt's yeah. not like not out there, you know, in the pavement about this one she'll get a check please go away it's what vince does it's what he's good at yeah,
0: yeah. uh rest in peace jerry springer um uh, man he was so i don't think people understand the influence that springer had on professional wrestling um you know the attitude era was a direct result of the popularity of jerry springer and howard stern in the 90s right And I, I fully believe, and I think Vince Russo has told the story. Yeah. He was watching He was listening to Howard Stern every day and he was watching Jerry Springer and he's like, why don't we just do that? Those are like the two most popular guys in media right now. Let's be them. And then sure enough, he's bringing those ideas. Vince buys off on it. And next thing you know, we have the biggest boon in wrestling. Um, uh, Springer, his show was just completely wild and he was just a wild guy himself, man. But, uh, rest in peace, Jerry Springer, man. What are your thoughts?
1: I have none. I hated that show.
0: It was the worst. It was the worst show. It was the worst show in the history of television. Yes. Um, But I did just watch a video of Jerry getting into a fight with the KKK. And I was howling laughing because I remember that from whenever I was a kid. I
1: don't remember that. I remember when Geraldo got a chair to the face from the KKK. (laughs) But I don't remember. Like, I remember being a kid. I remember going to see Ringmaster at the theater with my friends and they were laughing at it. I'm like, this is this is hell. I need new friends. (laughs)
0: yeah his his show was uh it it was wild man but it was probably the worst show in the history of television
1: that's a statement but it's not one i'm
0: gonna fight you on did you see the um the clip of justin roberts on that show
1: i've seen screen caps of it but mike i'm telling you this i did not watch the jerry springer show (laughs) i in my adult life i have not gone back to watch clips of the jerry springer show
0: Oh I, man, I wish I, I, I wish I had the clip ready to go, but I don't have it. It's uh it's pretty hilarious.
1: <laughs> was he acting? Because a lot of that stuff is like like pro wrestling it, bullshit. A lot of it's pure bullshit.
0: It was it was definitely a work. Yeah. 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 There was yeah, it was it was definitely a work. Um w- real quick, uh, we're gonna go to free agency. So uh free agency frenzy, man. Um Naomi, um, also known as she's known as Trinity Star now. Is that what they're calling her? I
1: guess. I, thought I got I thought it was I thought Trinity. It was
0: Trinity. I thought it was Trinity. I thought it was Trinity Fatu. Well, that's, that's real thing. her real Trinity Fatu. Yeah, thought... so... yeah. But Trinity some people are calling her Star. Trinity Star. I I don't know. Anyway, Naomi. Uh, man, she's headed to Impact Wrestling. This is a huge get for Impact, man. Um, this is um, this is a big deal for a, a pretty small company to get uh to get a star like Naomi, who who we thought was coveted by all the major players, but it turns out they that either pat i think they passed on her i don't know what if it was her asking price or what but uh, for some reason she just kept you know it's like the nfl draft right so tonight the the quarterback from kentucky will levis they thought he was going to go number four in the draft right i came up here and we were, they were already in the mid-20s and that kid still wasn't off the board there's something going on that we don't know about so this guy kept falling down on the draft board and i think that's kind of what happened to, to naomi
1: wasn't that Thur- Thurman Thomas in the eighties? Was a famous one, the running back who slipped way into the second round, wound up having a really good career. So that can happen.
0: Aaron, Aaron Rodgers went to number 30 Aaron Rodgers, to the yeah yeah to the Packers. Yeah, became one of the greats of all time.
1: So this is what I hear, and I'm not I'm no names of where I'm hearing things from. Um, remember there was a lot of talk. Oh, they're going to come back, Sasha and Naomi. They're going to come back. Yeah, they were offered a like I don't know about Sasha, but less money was offered than what yeah. they had before. So they balked. And then apparently it doesn't seem, I don't, our impact friends are going to hate me. Um, it's just, it seems like this is a, this is the landing spot, which is great for impact. I think she's going to raise yeah. impacts profile. Cause she's got fans. I don't know. how. I just don't know who, who, I don't think there's a lot of like stars that matter all that much to TV ratings. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't like to be proven wrong, but it seems like like she got she could have a little bit of a chip on her shoulder and wants to prove because I think that the, the major companies didn't see it,
0: right? Yeah. Well, I mean, she's not there and, and she's in impact. You would assume that she'd rather be in front of you know more people with more money, but she's in yeah. impact with less people. And I don't know if she's getting less money. I can't speak to that, but no, I don't know about that. Watching. Yeah. But
1: I mean, like, hope so hopefully her attitude is gonna be like I'm going to be the focus of this show. I'm going to prove to everyone why I am what I think I am. Like, this is a really gamble on yourself kind of moment,
0: you know? Yeah.
1: And it's, uh, this is where people either step up or step out.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm excited for Naomi. I'm excited for impact. Um, I think this is a big get for them. Their, um, their women's division is looking pretty strong right now because, you know, I know we talked last week. Jordan Grace was uh, becoming a free agent, but she's on the upcoming tapings, and she got a big victory over Masha Slamovich tonight. So, something tells me she's sticking around there for a, at least a little while. Um, I, I don't know how how much longer, but she's there for at least a little while. But you know, you get Diona, Masha, yeah, Mickey James should be coming back. They just signed Jody Threat. They got Kylie King, and uh, now Naomi. They're they're starting to get more and more uh, talented women on the roster. And I think this is if you like women's wrestling, Impact Wrestling is going to be a um, a place to go if you don't like witches um, probably not go watch impact wrestling but if you like some but uh, if you can get over the witch part uh, and watch some talented women wrestle I think that's good you know people might say that um, this is beneath Naomi I don't think that it is because this was the deal no, she could get right yeah. and, uh-huh. and, like, and and like and um, like if you're a pro wrestler no company is beneath you right you don't lower no. yourself to anybody you bring them up to you right and so if you're going to, if she's going to go into impact um, where she's going to be seen by a lot less people, what she needs to do is continue to hone her craft, rebuild, rebrand, and make herself into a more marketable star. And we have, we had an impact podcast for two years and we watched a lot of talents do that, right? They, they work themselves back into a WWE contract. Um, several women, Chelsea Green and Mia Yim just did that, right? Taya Valkyrie just came through here. Just got herself a contract with AEW. AEW seemingly passed on her first and boom, here she is. She's, she's an AEW. So, um, this is a place where you can do those types of things. And she needs to go into it with that kind of attitude. If you're
1: willing to fight and work, because we've yes. also seen people that come here and really aren't interested in doing anything and just kind of, Oh, I'm here at impact now. And, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and, and kind of just fade into the scenery and i'm not going to mm. name dango names but i'm like we've seen <laughs> we've seen it a few times so
0: yeah we yeah. got a we got some con artists coming into impact uh, yeah. just uh, existing off of their former wwe names essentially stealing money um but if naomi wants to get a big payday by one of those big companies she needs to to come in here and hustle and grind and embrace what impact has to offer. There are a lot of creative people in impact and you can absolutely have a ton of high quality matches in impact wrestling. If you're a female star hundred yes. um, yes. percent. And I, I think, I think this is a place that will focus on her. They will treat her like she's a big deal. Yes. They've already started that process by the tease. They teased a major surprise for Friday mm-hmm. night. Once they teased the major surprise, they started selling a lot more tickets. And then, of course, Mike Johnson of PW Insider leaked the surprise, which was strategic by Impact, because Impact wants it known. This is one of those worst-kept secret types of deals um, mm-hmm. that we've seen AEW do a bunch of times, right? It's the it's the surprise we all know coming. Um, uh, and I I think that's was here. And, uh, you know, good job on Impact, and uh, I hope it works out for Naomi. So uh, I ho- kudos to her.
1: I hope she's able to reinvent herself a little bit and not just try to do the same stuff she was doing in WWE. Like we see uh, Mercedes. Um, I think she's, she's doing a different thing. I don't think she's quite Sasha Banks. It's not a departure, but it's, I think that an, she's doing something different, you know,
0: she's updated the character, but yeah, that's the cool thing, character. The, so the difference is with a with they Mercedes money, Sasha Banks, um, you know, she was, really over. Yeah. <laughs> with that character, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so she's going she's going to New Japan. So she doesn't want to completely abandon that character because that's been working for her. She just needs to make some updates to it, which she has done, the wardrobe and the name and the music and some some of the mannerisms. She's got a couple new moves. But with someone like fucking Fandango, like he wasn't over what he was doing wasn't working, but he still brought that to the smaller company hoping that he can get by doing that instead of using this time to be able to refresh rebrand and rebuild his character he did it the lazy way right same with big con same with fucking santino and these other cats that are going over there so it's uh there there are different ways to handle it you can be steve macklin mm-hmm. right you can be mercedes monet or you Drew can be galloway is the one Drew that I'll always galloway. point out It's the perfect example. He completely rebuilt himself and, and he was in the old TNA and I have the ratings folks. I have the documents. I have the numbers destination. America wasn't really doing too much better or so much better than what they're doing right now on access. And in fact, uh, right now on Access, they're in a better spot than they were in Destination America. They had more people watching back then. It was a different time in television. But they were also filming in that studio with about 17 people, right? Impact right now was touring around. And they're getting four, five, six, seven, eight. uh, I think they had a 1,000 people at a show earlier this year. So Mm -hmm. right now, if you're a Naomi, I think this is the perfect spot for her.
1: No, I I agree. Like I said, she's got an opportunity. I think if I'm her, because she kind of made a – she gambled right? She yeah. gambled with her friend. Her friend oh. kind of made an impact, <laughs> made an impact, so to say. And she, uh, she didn't get those opportunities, Yeah, but now she's got one and it's going to be like, okay, what are you going to do with the, cause impact you said impact's going to shine a big spotlight on her. Mm-hmm. And I'm really curious to see what happens. Really same curious. here,
0: man. Roderick strong debuted on AEW last night out what of nowhere Dude, nobody in this business can keep a secret, but all of a sudden they keep this one. With I that? know.
1: How that Isn't happen? <laughs> how did WWE not release a press release saying, yeah, we thank Roddy for his three, four years of service. Good luck. Yeah. They've been doing it to everybody now. They talk about those things. They let that, how they did that stay? I mean, when you think about it, the jump makes complete sense. His wife is there. His yeah. friend there. He wanted to come here. I know our buddy scott thinks he was being perfectly used in wwe sitting home <laughs> watching television that's like the been on tv in a year in yeah. a year scott's go oh that's a perfect user he was perfect in nxt yeah. not on the show every week that's like Miro. Miro's being perfectly used in aew yeah. right now by not right. being there like the same right. same argument i love you scott yeah. um yeah
0: it's a good pickup for them it, it is i um you know roddy's been around a long time he was in tna he had a long run in uh, ring of honor and uh mm-hmm. of course i thought he had a really good run in nxt before yeah. undisputed era eventually broke up and then he he tried to do that shooters club and it just didn't work out and then they, they fired everybody they i know fired and then everybody they, and then they went to nxt 2.0 and then he was like fuck this i'm out well they fired his wife and he was like i'm out of here I, I don't want anything to do with this but um you know he's been sitting at home for what a year, year and a half, like a, at least
1: a year. Like, yeah. um, it's fu- It's funny. Bobby Fish all of a sudden wants back in AW after. <laughs> half, you know, it's funny how that works Crazy. out.
0: You know what? I I wish I I wish I could call Scott Demore right now, because. Honestly, it would be the perfect thing for Impact to do, it would be to bring Bobby Fish to Impact this weekend because the Undisputed Era people are in the news right now and everybody's making Bobby Fish jokes. Just roll with it. Just bring the guy in. You know what I mean? Where, where's like, the lie? Yeah, where's the lie? He should be selling Where's the Lie t shirts. He really he should. Be, that was a thing he, a year ago. He really let it, that go when he should have done it. It needs something to be Where's it. the Lie with the fish symbol. With the fish, yeah. Yeah, and then he needs to show up in Impact Wrestling and the guy can have good matches. Like Bobby Fish yeah. can fucking work. He's he's really good. Can't cut a promo, right? No, he's, nor should he. No, but you know, he could come in and work some matches and sell some gimmicks. Uh, I, I think you know, he could be Johnny Swinger's tag team partner. Let's do it. But um I'd watch that. <laughs> that would be but funny. uh yeah, Roderick Strong, man. I dude, I, I didn't even know he was a free agent. Uh, he never got we never heard of a release. You know, you would think that at least somebody in WWE, most likely knowing that he would end up in NXT, would have, you know, leaked the message to somebody and then um but nobody from NXT or AEW spilled the beans. I think that's the most incredible Shocking. part of this. Shocking. Rod, Roder, Roderick Strong really good wrestler not going to sell a goddamn ticket. I love Roderick Strong, really good wrestler, no one cares about him.
1: But No, I think he's you know, I think he's heard of prop up Adam Cole though.
0: Yes, he, and and heels are going to get heat on, on Roddy and Adam Cole's going to come defend him, right? Mm-hmm. And then they're going to get some tag. And then when Kyle Riley comes back, then we'll get kind of a version of Red Dragon, Undisputed Era with mm-hmm. Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong. Um Roderick Strong doesn't put butts in seats, doesn't get eyeballs, but he's a very good wrestler, and I like him a lot, and I'm glad that mm-hmm. he's in AEW because he has not, really good matches.
1: Not everybody who gets a job in a wrestling company should be viewed as, that. well, can this person sell a ticket? Mm-hmm. No, right. I mean, realistically, realistically, the there's only a handful of people who sell tickets on their own. Brands sell tickets. Performers yeah. don't sell tickets anymore.
0: Yeah, it's like your your top ten in each company yeah. are probably gonna be the ones that move can if move that. numbers a, a little bit here and there. But for the most part, it's the logo, right?
1: Yeah. It, it, ten if that I'd say maybe like three, four tops. Yeah.
0: No. Um. Um. More free agency news. Uh, Will Ospreay. His contract, I think, is coming up at the end of this year or early, early next year. Um. He said that he wants to renew with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, but uh, you know, WWE and uh, AEW are gonna come calling, man.
1: I I've been have a real hard time seeing him not not if A if he signs with AEW, then he can stick with New Japan. If he goes to WWE, he can be Bill Ocean. Spray or something like that, like
0: <laughs> Billy Ocean. Isn't that a real uh, singer? Caribbean, Caribbean Dream,
1: singer? Nah, nah, Caribbean Queen. Now we're sharing the same dream. Yes, Billy Ocean. <laughs> um I had to think about that. I, yeah. I'm gonna have a real hard time seeing him full time in New Japan in a year. I know, P- yeah. I know. I love that people always like try to like. Well, you know, it's better for him to do this. Or it's better. You don't, we don't know these people, right? No. We don't know what they want to do. Like you, he's gonna you have wanna, a lot of money thrown at him in a year. You, you want to know?
0: You want to hear a controversial take? Lay it on me. I think the best place for him is WWE. I don't disagree. His, his body is breaking down, and mm-hmm. he needs to slow it down, and he needs to go to a place where he can get away with doing just a few cool moves a match, right? Now, they work a lot more, but I think medically they'll take the best care of him and he could prolong his career in WWE. The guy's only 30 and he's had a lot of injuries of late. And he said it on his video that he released on Twitter that his body's breaking down. Um and we you know we saw that happen with Shinsuke Nakamura, right? Like he he was a, he was older when he went to WWE. He was like what 35, 36 yeah, when 36. he eventually went over there and then he came in and he was not the Shinsuke that we saw in New Japan because he just couldn't be. And it was like, "Oh, that's why he went there because mm-hmm. he couldn't be that guy anymore." You know, Will Ospreay might only have a couple years where he's actually still being Will Ospreay because of the toll that his body is taking. Um, but his character work and his promos have gotten so freaking good in New Japan. I really think that he would be an asset to WWE. I, huh. I think they should make a big play for him, bring him over, slow his ass down a little bit, and he can be a big star.
1: I would be very, very surprised if they don't go all in on trying to sign Will Ospreay. He's going to have to reprogram himself a little bit, and he's very much one of these um, the Omega types, where you are a bit of a starving artist. Yeah. So I could see him wanting to do AEW just because he'd have a little bit more freedom to be Will Ospreay. But that's going to come down to it, man. I mean, he's going to get good especially because it's gonna be post AEW money deal which is coming so both companies i mean maxwell friedman's war of 24 thing i think the real one's gonna be for will osprey i really Mm -hmm. do like and good tim he's probably the best wrestler in the world right now
0: i i think he's got an argument you know there's Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that got that argument but i'd put him right at the top he man doesn't have bad matches like No, that's I I think like
1: the Orange Cassidy revitalization that's happened started at Forbidden Door last year when everybody went, Holy shit, that was a great match! You know, and I think people had forgotten he OC had really gotten into his gimmick, right? People were really seeing just the gimmick, and now he's being leaned on by AEW just to have phenomenal matches every single week, right? He's really helping that show out, and I really think that whole thing really got jump started again with Will Ospreay. Because Will Osprey can have a good match with any, uh, not a good match. Will Osprey can have an amazing match with just about anybody.
0: Yeah, um, what's a, what's up with this movie called Craven? It's a Marvel movie. You wanted to talk about it. What's what's this whole thing? I I've never heard of Craven.
1: Craven the Hunter is a uh, '60s era Spider-Man character whose gimmick is he's a Russian big game hunter, and he's come to New York to hunt Spider-Man, and he has. <laughs> I'm serious. So, okay. In 1986, they uh Mattis, wrote a story called Craven's Last Hunt. And Craven has decided that he is going to kill Spider-Man. So what he does instead is he he successfully captures Spider-Man and he buries him alive. So a good chunk of this issue of these books is Spider-Man literally trying to claw his way out of the grave and through the dirt while Kraven has become the new (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man to prove to prove to Spider-Man that I am better than you at everything you do. And the story ends when Spidey gets free and he goes to find Kraven and Craven blows his brains out with a shotgun himself. He commits suicide. That's the end of the story. It is one of the great. I'm, so, no, I'm serious, Mike. It's one of the... honestly, honest to God, one of the best comic book stories ever written. It's phenomenal. Yeah. It's absolutely fantastic. That is the only interesting the character the character has done in forty years. They made Marvel is so in love with this story. They gave him three children that we didn't know existed, and they kept bringing them in. Oh, this is Craven's other kid, and this is Craven's other kid, and this is Craven's other kid, and it keeps happening. And none of them are interesting. None of them are good. And finally, about six years no probably about but 12 years ago they brought him back from the dead and he's done nothing of any interest since then he's not a good character he's a character who has a good story and the story wasn't even written for him dematis had this idea then he just kind of plugged it in and used craven like and now they're gonna make a craven movie without spider-man
0: it's gonna be terrible so they're just they're just taking this character and then are they going to create a new story based off of this character just omitting spider-man altogether or are they going to do a series of movies where eventually spider-man like he's like oh fucking now i'm pissed at spider-man
1: we got two venom movies that haven't seen a single spider
0: I, i yeah well i i haven't seen a single venom movie are those any good no okay yeah because i they didn't look that good to me it was tom hardy that's in those movies Tom Hardy
1: and the morbius movie like sony sony has the the spider-man library but they can't make a spider-man movie right so they had to go to marvel to help them make spider the tom holland spider-mans are really good yeah but they still keep trying to make money up the spider-man train so they've taken all these ancillary characters and tried to make movies about them none of them are good they're all bad they suck and this is going to be another, another sucky ass movie.
0: You know what? I, I, you guys probably won't enjoy it because you guys are like, like you and Jeremy. You're like and in, in Josiah. Well, I would say hardcore fans of Batman. But I watched I watched a movie over the weekend, uh, a new Batman animated film called uh, Batman when Doom. Is it called When Doom Came to Gotham? The the Doom that came to Gotham. Big that, fan. Yeah, I, I liked the movie. Did you watch the movie? I read the comic. Okay, so it's like set in the 1920s, right? And like Batman is like he had left. I'm not going to spoil the movie, so don't think I'm going to do that. But anyway, he, he ends up leaving Gotham. He takes, he's doing this exploring thing. He's like in Antarctica or something like that. He's looking for Mr. Penguin. And then he, he ends up coming back and like these evil spirits have taken over Gotham. Um, and My- there's like a new take on a lot of the characters that you know and love from the batman series they have their like their own spin on them i, I had never seen before
1: are you familiar with a writer by the name of hp lovecraft no okay so
0: lovecraft so, was oh
1: this is a book you, that no, is basically oh this story is actually a take on a famous lovecraft a semi-famous lovecraft book lovecraft is kind of like this the godfather of modern day horror he was this pulp writer in the 20s and 30s Ah, uh, Cthulhu. Are you familiar with the the great elder god Cthulhu, the giant octopus face thing?
0: <laughs> so, so Jeremy was making jokes about Lovecraft and Cthulhu. I thought Cthulhu. He was talking about a Metallica song.
1: That's where it's from. The song, <laughs> okay, famous okay. love, the call, the, the yeah. call of Cthulhu. That Metallica okay. song comes from one of Lovecraft's most famous books. Um, you've seen the Evil Dead movies, the Necronomicon, the Book of the Dead. That yes. is from Lovecraft. Lovecraft wrote cosmic horror. This idea that what exists in space is old, it's evil, and it's indifferent to our existence. Like it's so bold, It's so big. It's so vast that. We are insignificant in the face of it. And if you look into it, if you were to look into these elder gods, you would go crazy, right? That's kind of like the the overarching theme of all Lovecraft's work. And this is a Batman story firmly planted in in that world. Because the Doom, there's a book called The Doom that came to something and I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but Lovecraft had Arkham was one of his cities. So there's lots of Batman influence from Lovecraft. Like, like there's so many every horror writer has stolen shamelessly from Lovecraft, guilty. Um it's in he honestly not a great writer. Big idea guy. Big big yeah. idea guy. Terrible 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 prose.
0: So this Batman was very much a horror movie. Oh yeah, horror. Um, love, it, horror yeah. Horror, like cuz the the villains in this they were like scary ass monsters i was not prepared yep. for what i was about to see because i and i and i like batman but they're typically action thrillers but mm-hmm. this was a straight up horror movie and i was like this is awesome i just have to make sure that my daughter doesn't catch me watching it because she, when she sees animated movies she associates it with kids movies so naturally she thinks i'm watching a kids movie and would want to watch it so i have to get off of the show immediately and make sure she doesn't actually click on it because these bastards in this movie were scary as hell
1: Yeah, I can't let my kid watch Batman Ninja Turtles movie because Batman Ninja Turtles are mowing motherfuckers down left and right the whole (laughs) fucking time. So, I mean, like, it's, it's I can't quite, I didn't, was surprised by that one. But, like, what's cool about DC Comics is they have these things called Elseworlds. They have this big multiverse where they have, like, you can tell a Batman story, but you can take the characters and put them into another place. The very first one is called Gotham by Gaslight. It's Batman versus Jack the Ripper. Right, and then it oh, takes wow. place in the 1900s. It's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. And, and it that's a movie? There is a movie now, too. There is a Gotham by Gaslight movie. But it started with this comic called Gotham by Batman Gotham by Gaslight. And it launched this I'm whole Else World up. series where you have these like this is what's cool about DC. You can't get away with this in Marvel. You can only do this in DC, where you take these like root characters and you firmly plant them in another Another world, or another universe, and they can still stay the same, but they're so different. And there's a lot of them are Batman because Batman's such a ubiquitous yeah. character that can flick. There's one called Mask, where Batman's basically uh, Mask with a Q, uh, where Batman's basically the Phantom of the Opera. That was fun. <laughs> like, there's tons of those. Tons. There's Batman versus Alien, Batman versus Predator. Are all like in the same in this in these Else Worlds universes? Like, this is uh there's some cool stuff, man. Some real cool stuff in there.
0: Yeah, man, you could go down a big, big Batman. I live wall. in these rabbit holes, my friend. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. But hey, uh, hey guys, I think that's good. Unless JD, you got anything else for the for the uh, for the people tonight? I have, I have a thing,
1: but I'm gonna hold okay. it for a week to talk okay. about. Because Brian Alvarez went off in the performance center today in their training, and I'm having a conversation with a, a guy I know oh, who at the. And I want to save it because I don't want to rush it. But I'm I I going to come you. back this next
0: week. Yeah, I got you. And we will not not uh, talk about who that is. But I yeah. think I know who that well, is. Protect, my, protect um, my sources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, well next week, JD is going to have exclusive insight into the NXT Performance Center that WWE has. He's, uh, by, and he's actually talking to somebody that's currently there. So um, that's exciting. So stay tuned next week for all of that. And until then... Mahalo.